Good morning. I don't know if you noticed, it's snowing outside. Yeah. How cool is that, huh? No? Oh, I love the snow. It's great. it's great. It's beautiful out there. It's just when you drive in it, right? Glad you're here today. Glad. Thanks for coming and being a part of church with us today. Uh, I was not expecting to share the message today. Uh, we're we're going to pray in a minute. We're going to pray for our senior pastor. Uh, Jesse is home. Uh, he reached out to me in a kind of a little bit of a cryptic text earlier this week. Just a real short thing like, hey, I'm kind of stuffy. Okay. And that turned into, I'm doing better. And then that turned into yesterday of like, I don't, I don't feel too good. So I call, we, he called me as I'm trying to text him back. He called me and he didn't sound good. Mm-mm, nope, didn't sound good. And then later sent me a picture of his COVID test. He actually tested positive for COVID. Yeah, so he's home, and uh, we're going to pray and just claim that he is going to recover quickly, because you know this every every week kind of thing. I'm not built for it. I'm just not built for it. <laughs> I thank God that He's equipped me for today. I claim that and know it'll all work out. But I tell you, I appreciate you, Jesse. I appreciate you very much. We want you to get better, and we miss you. And uh, as we start a new series. Uh, I know that the last place he would want to be is home, especially as we kick off Christmas, but it, it really is uh, the best place for him. Uh, before we do that, though, and pray for Jesse and for this service, just kind of want to elaborate on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas weekend. You know, if you've noticed, we're not having services on Sunday morning. Christmas Eve is on Saturday. And six years ago when we did this uh, and we had Christmas on Sunday, we can't control it, right? It just kind of shows up there every six years. Uh, we had a service on Sunday morning. And uh, it, it was attended, not very well, but it was attended. People appreciated it. However, there was a couple groups of people that we realized we put a high expectation on and uh, really kind of pushed to the limit to do that, And let alone our, our team that would be up here. But we invest a lot as a church into Christmas Eve. It's a big deal. And uh, I know that it's a little tough maybe for some not to have service on Sunday morning. But so we view it as a weekend. We're going to have Christmas Eve services at 1, 3, and 5. And we're going to rebroadcast on Sunday morning those services. Christmas is a time to invite friends and family to church. And uh, the impact that that made uh, six years ago is we realized it put a lot of extra uh, energy and effort into one, our volunteers who gave so much of their time for Christmas Eve and then to turn around and staff it for Sunday morning uh, for Christmas, but then also um, our church staff, your church staff, they really appreciated the volunteers and our staff to have that break on Sunday, just being real with you. And uh, we really value that. And, and uh, again, we're excited about Christmas Eve. It's gonna be a wonderful time. Be here for that. And uh, we hope we just appreciate your support in that. It was a leadership decision we made, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful service on Saturday. Okay, we're starting a new series, Holy Moments. But before we do, let's pray for our senior pastor, pray for our service today. Father, we thank you that we can gather together to worship you with music, with baptism, with communion. Does it get any better? And now the word. And so as we prepare our hearts for the message and for what you have for us today, in this portion, we stop and we look and see a picture in our mind of, uh, of our senior pastor of Jesse Bradley, his wife, Lori, and the kids. And we pray healing for him. We pray that even by tomorrow, he's feeling better. We pray that uh, this is a minimal impact on him physically. Pray for restoration of his health. We pray protection over him and Lori and the kids. And uh, Father, we, uh, we just will be excited to hear uh, in the days ahead how much better he's doing. And so for this service and for this time, we surrender our minds and our hearts to what you have for us today. Lead and guide us, we pray. 
by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, holy moments. You know, this, this next two months is a series called Holy Moments, and it really is about, about preparation uh, this month. But really, in December, we want to focus on how God is pursuing us all the way up to Christmas. And then in January, how we're to respond and pursue God. And so that's what these next two months are going to be about. And there's, you know, as we get into December, we start preparing, right? <laughs> there's a lot of preparation that goes into Christmas. Many of you, I'm sure, have a lot of things to prepare for as we get to Christmas. And uh, I made a quick little list of things that, that you know, came to my mind. Uh, you know, one is we're preparing for Christmas Day. How many of you prepare, like, who's going where, who's doing what, who's making the meal, who's delivering this? Like, it, it's an orchestra of decisions, isn't it? Right? I, know, I realized in reflecting that for my family growing up, Christmas was the one holiday where there were multiple gatherings. Easter, you know, Labor Day weekend, other things, there was like one gathering. All four of my grandparents and our family of four, we got together at once, but Christmas is different. There was Christmas with one set of grandparents, there was Christmas with the other set of grandparents, and there was Christmas together, all of us, and there was Christmas, just my, me, my brother, and my parents. Kind of different. And kind of cool. And we had to schedule all that. Like, where are we going Christmas Eve? Where are we going Christmas morning? You know, I think of things on Christmas that were a big deal. Like, I think about the decorations at my dad's parents' house. Their, their decorations were the same every year. And I love that because I got, I got so excited as a little boy seeing that train go around that tree. I know that sounds real tacky, but it's the real deal. I loved going over there. When their tree was up in the window, I knew the train was running. And when I went over there, because we were blessed to have them close, I loved watching that train. It just went in a circle, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I loved Christmas morning because after we opened gifts as a family, we went to my other grandparents' house. We're blessed to have them close, and we had grandpa and grandma's breakfast. And that was always pancakes and Canadian maple syrup. It was the best breakfast. And, you know, I didn't know that you could go buy Canadian maple syrup at the store. I thought my grandpa had brought it home with him when they went to visit relatives in Canada. I just figured it was, because it's the only time I ever had it during the year. The rest of the year was, you know, log cabin, Mrs. Butterworth's. But Christmas morning was pancakes with grandpa and grandma with pure maple Canadian syrup. It was awesome. It was awesome. And there's the preparation for, you know, for lights, right? There's that preparation, getting the house ready, the decorations, wrapping all the gifts, buying all the gifts. Some of us will be preparing to travel for Christmas, right? Scheduling all that. There's a lot of preparation. There's all these traditions to be experienced. And so today we're going to talk about preparing for Christmas in our hearts, a, a spiritual preparation, a spiritual preparation. There's a lot to prepare for. And so, um, we're going to jump into a couple, a couple places in Scripture. One's going to be in Isaiah 7. The other will be mostly in the New Testament in Luke chapter 1. And so we'll be in both those places. A couple Scriptures will be on the screen. But we're going to talk about these holy moments that are preparation for the birth of Christ. Not every holy moment. Because the truth of the matter is, the whole Bible is about moments of preparation for the coming of Christ, for his death and resurrection. The bigger story, his story, history all shaped and fabriced and planned purposely to lead you and I into a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus. Amen? Amen? 
And so we're gonna, we're gonna capture a few of those. We're gonna reflect on a few of them that scripture documents the writers have put. And the first one is gonna be in Isaiah chapter seven. And it's a, a moment, a holy moment that um, I think we need to just need to take, take a minute and look at as we prepare. And this moment happened 20, nearly 2,700 years ago. 600 years ago before the birth of Christ, this moment happened. And this was a situation where there was a battle going on for Jerusalem. It was a battle between Syria combined with Israel. They became friends for this, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, they were allies going against the, the country of Judah, the kingdom of Judah. And they came to attack Ahaz and to capture and take over Jerusalem. And so God sent Isaiah the prophet to go speak to King Ahaz. Now Ahaz, I'm glad it's a short name because I can't pronounce the big ones in the Old Testament. Ahaz, I'm still not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's only four letters, Ahaz. I'm sure that's the way to to pronounce it. The prophet Isaiah goes to King Ahaz to, to tell him, hang in there, don't give up, stand firm. You're not gonna go down. I will protect you. God himself will protect you. Well, that was something that I don't think King Ahaz really kind of really took in the way he should because he was, Bible tells us, he wasn't a man that pursued God real deeply. He did some things and performed some things that were just wrong. And yet in the midst of this conflict here, God just makes a decision because he's God to send his prophet to go encourage him. In fact, it even goes to the point of saying in Isaiah chapter seven, hey, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. I'm already behind in my notes. Where did I go? There we go. I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Hey, this message started yesterday afternoon, so cut me some slack, all right? It's all good. Isaiah chapter seven, he goes to the king and he says, hey, God, hang in there. God's here. He's gonna provide your strength. In fact, frankly, ask whatever you want. What would you like to know? What would you like God to do? And King Ahaz says, nah, 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 no thanks, no thanks. So God says through, through the prophet, fine, I'm just gonna tell you something. You don't wanna hear it, I'm gonna tell you anyway. I'm gonna be an encouragement to you no matter what and to the world. I'm gonna do it even though you don't wanna hear it. And here's what he says, Isaiah chapter seven, it's gonna be on the screen. This is out of the message. So Isaiah told him, then listen to this government of David. It's bad enough that you make people tired with your pious, timid hypocrisies, but now you're making God tired pretty strong, huh? To the king. So the master is going to give you a sign anyway. Despite your attitude, despite who you are, I'm going to show up. I love that. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She'll bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. And so it began. A holy moment attached to future holy moments where God says, here's the deal. I'm bringing a deliverer. I'm bringing my son. He's gonna come into this world. God with us. So long ago, that message begins, right? Amazing, amazing. Now fast forward. We're gonna go to Luke chapter one. We're gonna gonna take a glimpse and just just almost a drive-by on three moments where God planned and prepared and getting ready for the birth of Christ. Three moments documented in scripture. The first one isn't your typical. Amen. I'm not sure what you just said, but 
Thank you. Thank you. We're not going to talk yet about Joseph. Or we're not going to talk about Mary. We're going to talk about this woman named Elizabeth. Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, wife of a priest. This moment connected to one another. It's so important we see this because it was a big deal. It was a big deal that God showed up in, in their lives. As I get to Luke chapter one, I'm going to turn my volume down to Zechariah. The angel shows up to Zechariah as he's doing what he's done for years and years and years. He's faithfully served God in the temple as a priest. He has done his calling. He continues to do it. He's getting old in age. Him and his wife are, I think the best count we can say is they're in their 70s, maybe their 80s. They're a little bit old, older than me. Don't think, don't try to compare. Older than me. They're, they're there. He's doing what he's been called to do for decades. He's a priest. And the angel shows up. This holy moment shows up to Zechariah and he tells him that his wife is gonna have a baby. It's coming. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Here's, well, let me tell you what he says. Let's read it. Luke chapter one, verse 18. After the angel shows up and says, here's what's going on. You're gonna ha- your wife's preg- gonna be pregnant. He says, asks, he asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man. Now they're in the temple too. I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. So here, man of God, priest who has done what you've been called to do and you've done it so faithfully because you question me. By the way, I'm Gabriel. I don't just hang out in heaven. I hang out with the big guy. I'm right there. But because you question me, you can speak no more. Now, I gotta tell you, that's part of the purpose because I gotta gotta think that this priest goes home He cannot talk. And Elizabeth's like, thank you, God. He's no longer talking. I'm just gonna assume that. It doesn't say that in scripture, but I'm gonna assume that. Because out of that change, she gets pregnant. You connect the dots. He's done talking. A little less talk, if you know what I'm saying, right? And she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant, God's plan. And to think that here's this woman in her 70s, more than likely, who has a husband who cannot talk and now she's walking the path of pregnancy at her age. If that's not a God thing, I don't know what is. God had a plan. And if you know scripture, you know the, 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 what went on. Now, Elizabeth, the child she was carrying was a big deal. It was John the Baptist she was carrying. He had, there was a plan for him, but that was only part of the overall plan, but it was a holy moment. It was a holy moment. And Zechariah, he had to play his part and he responded, he questioned and he got, he got disciplined for it, but I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? God had a plan. He had a plan. Now let's jump over to Matthew chapter one. We're going to go there real quick. Another holy moment. Another holy moment. This guy, Joseph. He's a good guy. He's righteous. He's upright, I should say. He walks with integrity. The Bible, based on what we're gonna read, we can can draw the conclusion, this is a good man. This is a good man, a good young man. 
Matthew chapter one. This dream that Joseph experiences, this holy moment. Now this is a man who was about to be married. He, he, the, the, the marriage was arranged with Mary. It was planned. It was all good. I'm sure it was an exciting time. In the midst of the preparation, he finds out that Mary is pregnant. What? That's impossible. Yep, she is. So what does he do? His first thoughts and his first ideas are, I need to be a gentleman, but I need to step out of this. This is not right. I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. The Bible tells us he was gonna politely step away, not disgrace her, the Bible says, but he was gonna quietly divorce her. Before this train gets too far down the track, I'm getting off, but I'm gonna do it politely. Verse 20, Matthew chapter one. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's gotta be a mind blower. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When, G when Joseph woke up, I'm sorry, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. We read it before. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 600 years later, prophecy fulfilled. Joseph in a dream. What does Joseph do? The Bible tells us he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did what he was told by God and he did it. He did it. He didn't question it. He moved forward and married Mary. Mary, Mary. Gentlemen, when you hear from God and you have a moment where God speaks into your life, however that looks like to you, whether it's through, pick, pick, fill in the blank. I know how God speaks to me. When you know God's speaking and you're in one of those moments, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do what he tells you to do. Amen? Do what he tells you to do. Even when the public's gonna wonder why, even when others are gonna question, even when it just doesn't make sense, but you know it lines up with scripture and frankly, you know it's from God, you do it. Joseph did it. He took the step he needed to take and he stayed with Mary and they got married. What a holy moment. Such a big deal. God shows up. The angel shows up and said, Joseph, I got a plan. You're fulfilling, you're part of what was spoken of 600 years later, earlier, and now you're gonna move forward. That was a holy moment. All right, now let's get to the one person that in the scripture that helped me yesterday to put this all together, praise God, was the holy moment that Mary had. Now, again, she's pregnant. She is pregnant, and but first she's dreaming. She's having her own dreams and ideas about what, this marriage is gonna look like. And before the angel shows up to her, you gotta think that she is thinking about, I got a marriage coming up. I'm getting married. What's a, she's 15 or 16. Elizabeth, she's in her 70s. Mary, she's a teenager. Miracle, soon to be miracle, right? Mary, 
oh, I'm getting married. He's such a good guy. My parents love him. I love him. They arrange this thing, but I'm excited. I, I just, I picture this. I picture her laying at night, laying in bed, just thinking about the ceremony and the party and all the family, like it's gonna be a great thing. And then she falls asleep and then the angel shows up. Luke chapter one. The angel shows up and tells her that she's pregnant. She's gonna have a baby. Amazing, amazing. And then after hearing this, being told who she is, who she is in the plan, who's the baby she's carrying, how this baby was conceived, mind-blowing information, she says this. Luke chapter one, verse 37. It's gonna be right here or over there. She says this, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, that's what the angel said. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I will do what I have been told to do. I will carry this child. I'll be excited. And frankly, the fact that you've now told me in this dream with this angel that my cousin who's 75 is pregnant, And now you're telling me on the opposite end of the scale, like this is like a miracle. And now I'm a miracle. I'm being used by God, a holy moment where now you're telling me I am carrying the son of God. I am destined to do this. Then now that that's been reinforced, tell me about my cousin, like I'm in. Nothing's impossible. It wasn't impossible with her and it's not impossible with me. And if that's your plan, I'm gonna do it. That was Mary's response. And then what she did next blows my mind in many ways. And yet it's natural, I think. When God shows up in your life and mine and we connect the dots to, oh, this is a God thing. And in the midst of our situation, you're here, God, and you're helping me. I may not understand it, but you're in control. We go tell somebody about it. I don't know. We accept Jesus and then we get baptized. I don't know. We tell somebody about it right? Mary finds out about her cousin Elizabeth and she's like, I gotta go see this. (laughs) Now I'm pregnant with with Emmanuel. God is with us. And now I'm gonna go see, I gotta go see what the deal is. And she leaves and she goes to see Elizabeth. Amazing, And I believe it is in that moment where they come together and they real, she realizes this is the real deal. God, this is the real deal. Another holy moment, whether it's Elizabeth, whether it's Joseph, whether it's Mary, God shows up in the lives of people and says, this is the way it's gonna be. Here's your opportunity. King Ahaz, he, he didn't want anything to do with, with what was planned. God showed up anyway. What's God doing in your life? How is, what's the holy moment look like for you? As we prepare for Christmas, what needs to happen in your heart to be prepared to celebrate the birth of Jesus? A holy moment. Here's what I know about holy moments from reading these, these moments, these encounters. I've, I've gleaned this in the last 12 hours. I've gleaned this, or 18. I've gleaned this. One, holy moments are not random. They're not random. They're intentional. God intentionally plans these moments to happen. 
They're not always party moments. Sometimes they're difficult moments. Sometimes there's reality to things that are so far off your radar you didn't see it coming, but you know God is doing something. Imagine what what Joseph must have been thinking, what Mary must have been thinking. Like, Elizabeth, are you kidding me? What? I can't do this. No, you, God, God, you, you got a plan, Elizabeth. God, I have a, God says, I have a plan. I've got a plan for you, Elizabeth. It's gonna be to bring a, a boy into the world that's, that's gonna set the table for the son of man. Now, she didn't know that. A miracle, a holy moment. They're intentional. They're not random. They're not just by fate. It's not a coincidence. Holy moments have purpose. And they're connected to other holy moments. Do you just, when you read the gospel, especially Matthew, do you just skip over chapter one? It's just about people, right? This person to this person, this person. This. Okay, well, it's kind of a big deal. They're all connected in this big story. I said this history, God's history, the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter one. I mean, every generation was holy moments connected to next holy moments. These God events over time, over time, over time, all the way to the birth of Christ and beyond to you and me today. From Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Jesse, to David, to Solomon, to Jehoshaphat, to Josiah, to other people, I can't pronounce their names all the way to Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So when you think about these moments, think about them in this way. They're intentional. They're on purpose. They've got, God's got purpose for it. He's got purpose for it. And they lead to change. And sometimes that change not easy but it's right because when God's in it, the change is right. Some of you, I've been in them myself. You're in seasons and moments where you, you know God has showed up. He's spoken into your life. However, he does that. You read it and confirm it in scripture and it all lines up and you're like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want this. I don't wanna go through this. I don't wanna deal with this. But you gotta know that sometimes your holy moments of change The change that's required isn't about you. It's about the generation that follows. It's about the children's, your children's children's children. I remember talking to a woman many years ago. She said, Pastor Mark, my husband and I and my kids, we are the generation of change in my family. And if you think you're the generation of change to change the tide of direction, of the direction historically your family's gone, Buckle up and know that God's with you 100%. It's not easy to be the generation of change in your family. It's not. But it is so worth it for people you'll never meet this side of eternity. It is so worth it. Be, take that on. Follow that change that God's leading you in. Stay strong in it. Don't give up. It's a holy moment that you can look back on and know, God, you're there. You were there in that moment. I know it's led to this moment. I don't like this moment, but because you saw me through over here and now I'm here, I know you're gonna help me through here. I don't know what's next, but I didn't know what was next over there. And now that I'm here and I see where you led me to, I'm trusting where you're gonna lead me to next. Amen? Amen? That's, that's the God we serve. Those are those moments that are God-centered. Take the time this holiday season to consider 
those connections. Prepare your heart for Christmas. Prepare your family for Christmas. Those moments when I reflect, there's been so many in my life, and I know yours too, and they haven't all been pleasant. They haven't all been celebratory. They've, some of them have been very difficult. They've been very stress-filled. They've been just, they just torque me up inside. I remember, but I remember the good ones too. Baptisms, those are holy moments. Those are just not for Maru, Maru, right? They're for you. When you can see someone else get baptized and consider what God's done in your life, when God changed your life, that's a holy moment for you. It has nothing to do with him. Because when I watch a baptism, I think about when I was baptized and I tell Jesus how grateful I am. How about you? When I receive communion, wrecks me sometimes. Done with the right heart and the right attitude to have that pause to say, oh, what you've sacrificed for me, Jesus. When I think about February 29th, 1980, when I came to know Jesus, I realized yesterday as I paused in that moment, I realized that that wasn't the moment. There were so many moments just like that leading up to February 29th where God used people to change my life. The reason Mary went to Elizabeth is because she knew, she heard what went on, but she had to see it. And she needed to relate with someone else and they could connect. And that relationship helped cement it in my mind. Helped cement the fact that, okay, this is the real deal. I wasn't just having some freaky dream that wasn't real. I went and saw my cousin and she's really pregnant. You don't want to know what I just stepped on. She was really pregnant. Okay, I'm all in. I am all in. God, I'm all in. I don't, I don't know what this is going to look like. This is really freaky, but I'm all in. I'm all in. When I sat on the porch at 20-something years old, and I had a situation and a decision to make, and it was one in the morning, and I sat out there and I did what some of you do sometimes, and this was one of mine. God, just show me. Would you just show me? Would you just show me? <laughs> and he did. And I won't tell you how, because it's going to sound really weird. Not freaky weird, just like, really? But yes, for me, it's the way God spoke to me. And I knew that what I already knew I needed to do. You ever been there? Holy moments. Not just for now, but for later. But it's good to reflect and to know and to celebrate. God, you had me there, here, 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 here. You're going to take me there. Take time to reflect to have those holy moments celebrated in your life. Yep, I'm wrapping up. They're starting to walk this way. That's a good sign. <laughs> As we near Christmas, we gotta think of the holy moments. So I'm gonna close with this. One of the preparations I did for Christmas as a kid, this is one of my, it's gonna be a few minutes now that I just changed my mind. The Lord changed my mind. <laughs> Stay right there. You keep playing though. You keep playing. One of the things we did at Christmas, I totally forgot this. One of the things we did at Christmas, this is my earliest and first memory of Christmas as a child. In a house where Jesus was only celebrated in a little nativity scene. He wasn't celebrated around the table. He wasn't celebrated with a happy birthday box that we'll do this month for kids and families. He wasn't celebrated that way at my house. We did an advent calendar. We did a big advent calendar. It was like four by four. My dad had his part, he got the plywood cut, my mom did the rest. She put the felt around it, she did the gold and silver decals, the little, little seals, and she made a tangible calendar for the month of December. And on every day of the month was a gift. 
pushpinned on the day. 24 gifts. It was awesome. I was like four years old, man. There was five. I, I just remember going to school in kindergarten, first grade, thinking I have no problem going to school in December because I get to get up first and get a present. And my brother and I would swap days. One year he'd get the odd days and I'd get the even and then vice versa. And if we didn't get the gift, we got to open up the advent calendar, the little window. Oh, it's awesome. It's the best thing ever. Uh, it was, it's my first memory of Christmas as a kid, getting up in the mornings. Now, I don't remember the gifts. Well, most of them I don't remember. But I knew that leading up to those last couple days of Christmas, the, the, these little gifts started getting bigger. And it, when I was five, this was a big gift. Now, just hold on to your britches. I, that was over 50 years ago, all right? All right, but I knew when I saw a package that looked like this, I knew exactly what it was. And I was preparing for it all month long. I knew what this was. There's only one thing this could be, only one. Now I couldn't touch them. I couldn't get close to them until my morning. And then I could pull it off the advent calendar and open it. And if my brother opened up the 23rd, I knew what I was getting on the 24th. If I was opening up the 23rd, it was all in, man. I was so excited. I was preparing all month. I enjoyed all the gifts going into the 23rd, 24th, but I was preparing all month for this. When I opened it up and I realized what was inside, I realized that my Hot Wheels track was gonna have a new vehicle. You know what I'm saying? The gift, oh man, these things got worked. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I share that with you to say, can we not look at December 25th? I know it's not the actual day Jesus was born. I get it. But we take time and we prepare for a month, sometimes some of us a lot longer, for that one moment. So what are you doing in here to prepare for that one moment? For the gift that gets delivered, you and I know what the gift is already. We know. I would say to you, connect those holy moments in your life. And as you come to Christmas, celebrate in a way maybe you've never celebrated before from in here. So that when we open up the gift of Jesus on Christmas day and we celebrate him, that it means so much more and it takes us to a place of deeper love and, and gratefulness and thankfulness and worship like never before, amen? May that be what your Christmas looks like. May that be the opportunity you have to emotionally but spiritually unwrap the gift that God has for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you haven't had the, the blessing and the privilege to open up the gift from God that comes in his son Jesus, I would tell you, do not let this month go by without coming to an understanding and then a relationship that comes through knowing Jesus, accepting him as your Lord and Savior, going to him, like Maru did, say, I've, I've, I've made mistakes. Forgive me. I receive you into my life. That gift that doesn't just hang on a wall, he lives in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the privilege it is to, to be with my church family today. As we prepare our hearts for Christmas, Father, I pray in this service for those that are in the midst of situations that are difficult because God this to be real when things are going so great we we can we're all in for Christmas like we're we're so excited and 
you know, but there's times, God, when there's people that we struggle and, and there's some in this room that are hurting right now. And I pray that you would go in and meet them where they're at. You would have your way. Even if they're fighting you, that you would do like you did with the king 2,600 years ago. You just showed up anyway, because you're God and you love unconditionally and completely. And you, you want your plan fulfilled. And your plan fulfilled means us knowing you, the opportunity to receive you. So I pray that in the moments that are difficult, God, you show up and turn a difficult situation into a holy moment where there's life change and there's encouragement and there's courage and there's conviction to be obedient and to respond and obey you. Father, thank you for today and for this month, may this be a time for us to celebrate you, to change the world around us one holy moment at a time, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.